0: Hi, ParCast listeners, I'm Molly.
1: And I'm Richard. Welcome back to Dark Green, Earth Crimes and Conspiracies.
0: For this event, ParCast is investigating the shadowy corners where crime and the environment meet and telling those stories because climate change affects all parts of society, including crimes and conspiracies.
1: If you're enjoying our Earth Day episodes and would like to learn more or take action on the climate, visit www.spotify.com slash darkgreenresources. Energy is a crucial part of our everyday lives. Even so, it's easy to take it for granted. Think about it.
0: You're unwinding after a long day at work. After dinner, you have a craving for something sweet. So, you bake yourself some cookies.
1: While you wait for them to finish, you turn on your TV and put on your favorite show. You settle into your couch and get cozy.
0: Halfway through the episode, you remember you need to write a quick message to your boss. So, you reach for your laptop and type up an email.
1: Finally, your cookies are ready. You take them out of the oven and let them sit. In the meantime, you grab a carton of milk from the fridge and pour yourself a glass.
0: Once you're done eating, you get ready for bed. Your home is a little too chilly for comfort. So you turn up the heat, then turn off the lights.
1: Think about each of those activities. Every step of the way, you used appliances that required energy, your oven, TV, computer, internet router, the refrigerator, your heater, and the lights.
0: Unless you have solar panels, there's a good chance most of your home's energy comes from burning fossil fuels, like coal or natural gas. Fossil
1: fuels emit greenhouse gases that seriously threaten humanity, and plenty of alternatives exist. But today, even developed nations still burn coal to meet a significant portion of their energy needs. So what or who is preventing us from completely switching to renewable energy?
0: And is that even possible? Welcome to Unexplained Mysteries, a Spotify original from ParCast. I'm your host, Molly.
1: And I'm your host, Richard. In life, there's so much we don't know. But in this show, we don't take we don't know for an answer.
0: Every Tuesday, we investigate the greatest mysteries of history and life on Earth. You can find episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify.
1: Molly, between our microphones, headphones, and lights in our studios, we are using a lot of energy. And when I took a moment and considered that this
0: energy comes from fossil fuels, well, it bummed me out. The good news is, we're getting more and more of our power from clean energy sources like the sun, wind, water, and nuclear plants. In fact, renewable energy is becoming more commonplace every day.
1: Today, we'll investigate how we can produce clean energy, incorporate more of it into our lives, and how soon we can generate enough to power the world. Because the faster we can transition away from fossil fuels, the better our chances are of slowing
2: down climate change.
0: We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us.
2: This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness
0: You've likely heard about fossil fuels, particularly how they're bad for the environment. But if you're like a lot of people, you might be a little fuzzy on the specifics.
1: So before we dive in, let's address what they are, how they power our world, and why they're hurting the planet.
0: Fossil fuels are materials that naturally formed in the Earth's crust after plants and animals decomposed. Think coal, oil, and natural gas. Because they take millions of years to form, they're called non-renewable resources. There's a limited amount of them, and we're using them so fast we're bound to run out.
1: We'll get into why fossil fuels in general are bad, but first, let's focus on the most dangerous one, coal. When coal is mined from the earth, it releases toxic substances that are known to cause respiratory illnesses and neurological damage.
0: Coal miners are especially prone to a condition popularly known as black lung disease. It produces spots or scars on the lungs. Even breathing becomes painful.
1: And those are just the dangers coal inflicts before it's burned to create energy. And there are plenty of problems with this process, too. At the Kingston Fossil Plant near Knoxville, Tennessee, coal is burned in a boiler until it produces steam. Then, under immense pressure, the steam is directed
0: into a turbine. That turbine is part of a generator. When the steam makes the turbine spin, it powers the generator, and voila, you have electricity.
1: This particular plant produces about 10 billion kilowatt-hours per year. That's enough to power 700,000 homes.
0: That requires a whole lot of coal, 14,000 tons to be exact, If you're trying to picture that, imagine 140 railroad cars filled with the stuff. And as with coal mining, coal burning carries
1: health risks. A Harvard study concluded that people who live near fossil fuel plants inhale pollutants that increase the risk of heart attacks, strokes, respiratory disorders, and early death. Researchers also found exposure to the toxins led to more cases of autism spectrum disorder and Alzheimer's disease.
0: To make matters worse, these fossil fuel plants tend to be located near low-income neighborhoods, where the residents are predominantly black, indigenous, and people of color.
1: While minorities often suffer the worst consequences of fossil fuel combustion, everyone on the planet is impacted one way or another. When we burn fossil fuels, they release huge amounts of greenhouse gases, including methane and carbon dioxide, or CO2.
0: These substances trap heat in our atmosphere. So the more we pollute, the more intense global warming becomes. According to the World Nuclear Association, coal is responsible for almost half of the world's energy-related CO2 emissions.
1: Global warming has dangerous side effects like melting glaciers, heavier rainstorms, or more frequent drought. These elements, hotter temperatures and the damage it causes, are what we know as climate change.
0: Although coal releases more CO2 than any other fossil fuel, oil and natural gas are also bad for the planet. At the end of the day, burning fossil fuels of any kind releases the greenhouse gases that drive climate change.
1: And as our climate crisis reaches new extremes, there's a greater sense of urgency to shift away from fossil fuels. Fortunately, clean, renewable energy sources are becoming more common.
0: You've probably heard of solar energy, or maybe you've seen a home with solar panels across the roof. As for how they work? We're not scientists,
1: so we'll give a simple breakdown. Solar panels are made of smaller cells which have chemicals that generate a charge when hit with sunlight.
0: That energy can flow through a circuit and into an appliance like a TV. When you stop using that appliance, the energy continues traveling through your circuit until it ends up back in the cell it came from. This is why solar panels can last for decades. Energy is constantly flowing through them, round and round.
1: Even better news, every corner of the world gets at least a little sunlight. Even Iceland enjoys about 1,200 hours of sunshine each year. This means solar energy can help power electricity grids anywhere.
0: Of course, the more sunshine a place receives, the more solar energy they have access to. That's why solar panels are especially popular in deserts. Seems like an ideal solution. So you've got to wonder why we don't use solar panels more.
1: Part of the problem comes from finding the land to lay down panels. Open space could be devoted to a solar farm, but some argue it would be better used for more houses or agriculture.
0: Fortunately, scientists recently figured out a way to capture solar energy at sea. This way, we don't have to choose between developing land or clean energy.
1: Today, floating solar panels are popping up around the world, especially in Asia. Although China is the leading emitter of greenhouse gases, it also generates more solar power than any other country in the world. A lot of this energy comes from floating solar farms like the one in Hangzhou, Fengling.
0: Located about 90 miles south of Shanghai, the solar park is larger than 500 football fields combined. It was a massive project that cost about $260 million. That may sound wildly expensive, but it's a bargain. The facility is saving China so much in energy fees It'll recover its construction expenses within eight years.
1: These kinds of floating solar parks could play a huge role in transitioning to clean energy. According to a study by the U.S. government, if the states laid out solar panels atop all their man-made bodies of water, this could cover 10 percent of its natural energy demand. And if the U.S. set up solar parks in natural waterways and oceans,
0: it could generate even more. It's worth noting the United States is the second biggest emitter of greenhouse gases in the world. All the more reason for greater investments in clean energy. Let's zoom out even
1: further beyond the U.S. If every country built solar infrastructure in natural waterways and oceans, we could cover nearly half the world's energy needs.
0: For the other half, we can look to other options like water, Unlike solar, hydropower plants have been around for quite some time. The first one dates back to 1882 to a facility in Wisconsin. And
1: even though technology has advanced since then, hydropower at its core hasn't fundamentally changed.
0: Hydroelectric plants require a water reservoir, a dam that can direct water into a turbine and a generator to capture the energy. In
1: recent decades, climate change has made hydropower less reliable in some regions. More droughts mean we can't be as dependent on water for our energy
0: needs. Hydroelectric plants have also received criticism from environmentalists. According to researchers at MIT, dams can increase water temperature, alter river flows, and lower water quality. Those consequences harm animals in that ecosystem.
1: The facilities also impose serious burdens on humans. Tens of millions of people have been displaced by dams and reservoirs. Plus, a 2010 study estimated over 470 million people living downstream from large dams are experiencing regular flooding, food insecurity, or other serious impacts.
0: However, In the last few years, engineers in Portugal have come up with an innovative solution, thanks to their work with a Spanish energy corporation called Iberdrola.
1: According to the New York Times, Iberdrola displaced 50 households to construct a dam, but they compensated the families and donated over $50 million for local roads, playgrounds, and sports facilities. The company also plans to offset its environmental impact with special projects, like planting trees. Perhaps most notably, their three dams in the Tomega River include large underground power plants with energy-producing turbines.
0: Imagine going down a steep waterslide. Now replace yourself with 42,000 gallons of water. That's how much can stream into the facility every second.
1: When you get that much water flowing throughout the three dams, you can create a lot of energy. 1.2 gigawatts, to be exact. That's enough to power about 900,000 homes, about twice as many as the average coal plant could power.
0: The Tamega River project could inspire similar clean energy efforts elsewhere. Still, unless there's a major breakthrough, the energy we get from the sun and water likely won't be enough to sustain the world, at least not for the foreseeable future.
1: This means we'll need to find more solutions. The fate of our planet depends on it.
0: Coming up, the rise of wind energy and what's stopping us from fully utilizing it Now, back to the story.
1: While some regions can go through long stretches without much sun or rainfall, every corner of the world receives wind year-round. Each day, wind is capable of generating enough energy to meet our global electricity needs, 35 times over. To capture that power, all we need are turbines.
0: Wind turbines are powerful, but not very complex. Their ability to generate energy depends on the size and shape of the blades, which way they're pointed, and wind. The bigger the blade, the more it can capture,
1: and the higher it is off the ground, the more it receives.
0: Plus, just like solar panels, wind turbines can be set up offshore. In fact, that's usually the best place for them, because it's where the breeze is often more reliable and powerful. It's no wonder the biggest wind turbine in the world is off the coast of the Netherlands. It's called the Haliad
1: X, and its blades are 107 meters long, a little larger than the length of a football field. They're attached to a super-tall rotor with the blade tips reaching a height of 260 meters from the turbine's base. That's almost twice as tall as the Great Pyramid of Giza, Just one of its rotations is enough to power a household for two days.
0: The machine has been so well received, its creator, GE, got an order to build 190 more of them in the North Sea off the eastern coast of the UK. When construction is done, the wind farm will be the largest in the world.
1: And New York City is planning to convert its largest fossil fuel plant, Ravenswood Generating Station, into an offshore hub. It'll be the first American fossil fuel site to make such a transition.
0: Traditionally, when the topic of switching over from fossil fuels to renewable energy comes up, American politicians have cited concerns over job loss. Closing coal plants means facility employees would suddenly have to find a new place to work.
1: Fortunately, there are opportunities for coal miners to be retrained and take on new clean energy projects. While the fossil fuel industry in the U.S. has been losing jobs for years now, the country's clean energy industry is adding more positions than the average sector.
0: Many of these new jobs are within 50 miles of fossil fuel plants, so former employees shouldn't need a major relocation. Clean energy jobs also tend to pay better and often don't require a four-year degree, the work is new, fulfilling, and accessible.
1: In the coming years, the transition may become even easier. In 2021, the U.S. passed the Bipartisan Infrastructure Deal, which calls for a $750 million grant program. This will boost advanced energy technology manufacturing projects in coal communities.
0: Clearly, there are a lot of benefits to adopting renewable energy sources like solar, hydropower, and wind. But as of 2021, 80% of the Earth's energy came from fossil fuels. Two factors stop us from changing our ways, money and reliability.
1: Big oil companies make billions selling energy from fossil fuels. With that much money on the line, they have a motive to keep things the way they are. That's why, as of 2019, the world's five largest publicly owned oil and gas companies were spending about $200 million each year
0: lobbying against climate change policy. That may sound like a ton of cash, but historically, it's been cheaper to shill hundreds of millions to lobbyists than to invest in renewable energy facilities. But that's no longer the case.
1: For years, one of the barriers to renewable energy was the hefty price tag, also known as the green premium. The term refers to the added cost of using clean technology, which is often newer and hasn't been built at scale.
0: For example, if you wanted to install solar panels on your roof in 2010, it would cost you about $40,000. For many homeowners, that was prohibitively expensive.
1: But thanks to technological advancements, costs drop significantly every year. Today, solar development projects are on average 70% cheaper than they were a decade ago.
0: The price cut has happened so quickly, some corporations may not be aware of it. They might still be using outdated models to figure out how much it would cost to adopt renewable energy and come to the wrong conclusion that it's too expensive.
1: Then there's the matter of storage. Just five years ago, batteries commonly used for solar energy could only harness it for about four hours, depending on the unit's energy flow. So let's say your home was powered by solar energy and the sun set at 6 p.m. You'd be able to run your house with the stored power until about 10 p.m. After that, you'd be on your own.
0: But progress marches on today a home solar battery, can store energy for anywhere from one to five days. And a team of Swedish and Chinese researchers are currently testing an ultra-thin chip, perfect for items like smartwatches and headphones, that can hold it for up to 18 years. Being able
1: to store years' worth of solar energy would be a game-changer. But to fully implement it, countries need some way to move energy from one region to another.
0: Imagine you have a huge solar farm in New Mexico, but you need to get that energy to Maine. Or a wind farm in the Great Plains, but the electricity needs to get to Seattle. Right now, we don't have a great system in place, but Bill Gates proposed building special long-distance power lines all across the country.
1: That's the idea behind a project called the TransWest Express, which completed state and county permitting processes in 2020. If timeline estimates hold up, when the first stage is completed in 2027, it'll transport wind energy from
0: Wyoming to California
1: and the Southwest.
0: It's worth noting this project was in the planning stages for 18 years, likely facing one bureaucratic nightmare after another, as developers tried to find a route that made everyone happy.
1: If a transmission line between Wyoming and California is this difficult, A similar project from coast to coast might be even more challenging. But according to Gates, these kinds of projects are critical if we want to ditch fossil fuels and embrace clean energy.
0: While we wait for innovations like the 18-year solar chip and TransWest Express, governments can issue mandates to decrease energy consumption and by extension use fewer fossil fuels. Load
1: shifting could be a solution. Also known as demand shifting, the concept means we use more electricity when it's cheaper to generate and less when it's more
0: expensive. For instance, say you plug your phone charger in around 10 p.m., then go to bed. If you had a special load-managing charger, it would wait to power your phone until 3 a.m., when energy is cheaper because the demand is low.
1: Governments can also set clean energy laws. Regulation might be our best hope at reining in the 100 companies responsible for 71% of the planet's emissions.
0: According to Greenpeace, one of the biggest culprits is the automotive industry. Fortunately, local governments are starting to take action.
1: In 2022, the state of California passed legislation that imposed a 2035 target date for all new passenger cars, trucks, and SUVs to be zero emission. The regulation is just one of many recent California laws targeting automakers.
0: And it seems to be working. The same year California adopted the new policy, the state sold 38% more zero emission vehicles than the previous year.
1: California's progress has prompted other states to implement similar policies. As of September, 2022, 17 states were debating whether to adopt some or all of California's regulations. A month later, the European Union banned the sale of fossil fuel cars starting in 2035, the same target date as California's law.
0: But we don't need to wait for lawmakers. We can make energy changes in our own lives.
1: Passenger cars account for 41% of the transportation sector's emissions. Switching from a gas-powered to an electric vehicle is a big step we can take to reduce our energy usage.
0: Unfortunately, although prices have dropped in recent years, electric cars are still prohibitively expensive for many buyers. According to Kelly Blue Book, as of December 2022, the average cost of a zero emissions vehicle in the US was just over $61,000. But auto expert Tim Prescott of Auto News Hub, Certainly Cars, believes electric vehicles will become cheaper in the long run. Manufacturers just need to work out inefficiencies. Plus, as supplies increase, prices will naturally go down.
1: Of course, there are other ways we can help reduce emissions, starting in our homes. One of the easiest, turn off the lights when you leave a room. I know I sound like your father but according to researchers at North Dakota State University, this does make a difference. Not only does it save energy, but it also makes your utility bill cheaper.
0: We can also replace outdated appliances with newer, energy-efficient ones. Even renters can change out incandescent light bulbs for LEDs at minimal cost. LEDs use less energy and last longer.
1: We can agree our environment would be in much better shape if we relied less on fossil fuels. Unfortunately, as we've discussed, the transition is slow moving.
0: We could speed it up, but that creates a new problem. See, when we use wind, water, and sunlight, we're still dependent on nature's whims. On a cloudy, still day during a drought, you might not have adequate resources to power a wind or water turbine. And thanks to global warming, reservoirs are drying up and rainfall is becoming less predictable.
1: Plus, in the wintertime, there's much less solar energy available because the sun isn't out as much. So if countries in the northern hemisphere depended mostly on solar energy, they'd be in trouble come December.
0: Truly reliable clean energy means we may have to look beyond these resources and get creative with physics.
1: Coming up, how free energy could change the world. Now, back to the story.
0: The fate of our planet depends on clean energy. We won't transition to it overnight, in part because wind, water, and sunlight aren't always predictable or regular. But there's another source of clean energy that's more reliable, nuclear power.
1: Unlike the other options we've discussed so far, nuclear power can be generated 24-7 in any location. You don't need to be around sun, water, or wind.
0: Nuclear power plants are also better in terms of output. The average reactor can produce about two times as much energy as a natural gas or coal facility. Plus, it doesn't require as much maintenance.
1: The U.S. has been especially aggressive in adopting nuclear energy, generating more than any other country. Since 1990, a fifth of the nation's grid has been powered by nuclear energy.
0: These plants usually generate energy through a process called fission. We won't get too in the weeds, but it boils down to two steps. First, atoms are split. That process produces intense heat that converts water to steam. Then, that steam propels a turbine to generate electricity.
1: Nuclear plants don't burn any fuel, so they're not directly responsible for emitting any greenhouse gases.
0: However, nuclear power poses deadly risks. We all know there could be an accident, like the 2011 incident at Japan's Fukushima Daiichi plant. More than 10 years after the tragedy, much of Fukushima is still deserted, and evidence suggests there's still lingering radiation. So we have to be careful about how much we rely on nuclear power.
1: Or governments could explore safer alternatives. Bill Gates founded a nuclear reactor design company called TerraPower, which is collaborating with the US government to build a prototype.
0: The finished product would produce less waste than other facilities and could be built underground, meaning it'd be safe from terrorist attacks. Plus, it has other safety mechanisms to prevent it from overheating.
1: If we can harness nuclear energy safely, along with the other kinds of clean power we discussed, we'll have enough to power the world.
0: If we're still not thrilled with the nuclear risk, there's this other idea called free energy. It's the name of a phenomenon where you start with a certain amount of energy and end up with more.
1: So, if you send 10 units of energy through a turbine, the device can only generate up to 10 units of power. You couldn't send 10 and end up with 11. For a long time, scientists thought that was impossible. It's right there in the first law of thermodynamics, also called the conservation of energy. It states you can only get the same amount of energy you put in.
0: But if you could generate a surplus, that would be considered free energy. And plenty of people have tried to defy physics to get it. For centuries, various inventors tried to create a perpetual motion machine. That's jargon for a machine that can work forever. It's always powered on, without any help or maintenance. By and large, every perpetual motion machine was a hoax, and the reality of free energy was nothing more than a dream, until last year.
1: When the U.S. government's Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory conducted the world's first controlled fusion energy experiment in December 2022, it garnered global attention. Instead of splitting atoms like we've seen with nuclear fission, a fusion reaction combines hydrogen atoms into helium, releasing huge amounts of energy and heat with little long-term radiation. They'd unlocked the gold standard. Essentially, they had a machine that replicated the power of our sun.
0: There was just one caveat. The device needed a lot of power to turn on.
1: Imagine for a moment that one cup of coffee equals one unit of energy. Now let's say you boil two cups of coffee with the help of some additional fuel source and end up with three cups of coffee, or three units of energy. Pretty neat! Except the machine used in the experiment needed its own energy input, worth about 300 cups of coffee, to even start up.
0: That's what happened at Lawrence Livermore. Even though the experiment technically created free energy, it still operated at a net negative. It's cool in concept, but not yet practical for the real world. In an interview with CBS News 60 Minutes, the lab's head of laser fusion research initiatives said that energy gains would need to be about 100 times larger for the process to be commercially feasible.
1: That said, if scientists can figure out a workaround, we might be able to abandon fossil fuels.
0: But it's hard to say if this technology is worth exploring. Our whole power system is a complex challenge that will require various solutions.
1: The good news is, the clean energy revolution is one of our few victory stories in the climate movement. And it's gaining momentum. Today, Americans get more power from clean energy sources than we do from coal. When we reduce our consumption, we're also helping solve the other problems we've discussed. Food waste, water scarcity, and oil spill. Because everything is interconnected.
0: Renewable energy sources don't require as much water as fossil fuels. Conserving that extra water could help us stave off drought. And once we fully
1: embrace clean energy, oil spills will be much less likely because we won't need as many oil rigs. Instead, we'll power the world with wind, sun, or nuclear power.
0: The heaviest burden lies on corporations to change their ways, and on governments that can help keep them in check. As individuals, we can keep the pressure on our elected officials by advocating for specific policies like setting clean energy standards. Take
1: the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022, which authorizes billions of dollars in investments with new clean energy projects. The legislation is proof that a clean, reliable grid is possible.
0: It's no mystery that we can redirect our food waste to feed the world, conserve enough water for everyone to drink, avoid oil spills, and power the earth using clean energy.
1: But the fate of our planet will come down to how we address these challenges. And we can't wait to see what we come up with.
0: Thanks again for tuning in to Unexplained Mysteries. We'll be back next Tuesday with another episode. You can
1: find all episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. See you next time. And remember, never take we don't know for an answer.
0: Unexplained Mysteries is a Spotify original from Parcast. Our head of programming is Julian Boirot. Our supervising sound designer is Russell Nash with Nick Johnson as our head of production and quality control by Lisa Marie Gallegos. Allie Wicker is our supervising editor, and Derek Jennings is our writing lead. This episode of Unexplained Mysteries was written by Ben Hanani, edited by Wendelin Sabroso and Angela Jorgensen, fact-checked by Bennett Logan, researched by Chelsea Wood, produced by Bruce Katovich, with recording and sound design by Juan Borda. Our hosts are Richard Rosner and me, Molly Brandenburg.